Mercury, Mercury Stardust She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night Mercury, Mercury Stardust She'll teach you how to make it all alright Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury and I'm the trans handy ma'am My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in the DIY space Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for listening to episode number five. Whoa, we hit our fifth birthday. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, with my handy-dandy co-host, the wonderful Maggie Conrad. Hey, everybody. <sighs> <sighs> Maggie, they love you so much. Um, how are you doing this week, Maggie? I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here with you and feel like I got to spend a little bit more time at the studio this week, so that was nice. Yeah, we've had... I actually see you in person. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Maggie and I do a lot of our stuff separate in different (laughs) homes and via video, so it's really nice to be like hanging out with you and seeing you in person. You're a real flesh-bodied person. I am. I know. Not just a face on a screen. (laughs) For a long time, I thought you were an android. (laughs) I... Uh, we've been working in our studio here pretty diligently. We're getting we're getting there. It's coming along. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the progress we've made already. I have been, but I know people have always asked me this all the time. I have been taking time for myself. Yes. Uh, I've been trying been to good. take time for myself recently. Um, we got done with our book Yay! this week too. Ah, self applause. Um, <laughs> we got done with the book this weekend. Um, we the last stench at the hotel. Uh, yeah. Wonderful um, hotel on the east side of Madison. We've been book writing workshops that she takes. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I've just been going to the hotel. Um, Using the hot tub <laughs> and writing uh, the book while I'm there and leaving voice. Basically, we write the book via voice memos and I send it to Maggie and Maggie will transcribe it for me. Um, or we send it to someone else to transcribe it for us. And that's how we do the book, yeah. essentially. And then I got to finish the editing before it gets to the publisher. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we're, we're in a good place with it. I feel good about it. How yeah. do you feel about it? I really like it. I feel like I've learned a lot. I mean, I've definitely had to, like, um, you know, stretch my own brain and learning to be able to, like, help organize your thoughts. You know, because if I don't understand what's happening, then I can't help, you know, put it in the right format or make sure it's worded correctly or, you know, anything like that. So um, I have learned a lot. And I thought I knew a lot already. So I also really like it because in doing research for it, I learn a little things here and there, too, to yeah. make sure. Because Maggie knows this about me. Whenever I do any how-to, I always triple check everything. Yeah. I really am self-conscious about putting out information to people that isn't accurate. On the podcast, we're a little bit more loose and goose <laughs> with that. <laughs> but when we're doing videos or writing it and it's yeah. like you know, deemed factual, right? I really want to make sure we do the best we can to make sure that it is correct. Yeah, and that's and the helps same with the, the book. It helps the most people, you yeah. know. Um, all that being said, we have three more shows left of my weekly burlesque show until I retire. Yeah. Um, Maggie, how are you feeling about that? I am sad for you because I know that's a big journey in your life, but I'm happy for us. 
because I know, you know, for anybody that, that doesn't know, you know, we've been really working on switching the business model from Mercury to being like an influencer who does brand deals to really being able to have like a business structure to be able to make money on our own without having to rely on companies. And it's been a lot of change. And I feel like we're about to round that corner of like really making it happen. And it's been like months and months in the works. And I'm excited for that. I think it's hard for me to leave the weekly burlesque show because it's a trans driven show. It's a all bodies, a burlesque bodies driven show. It's a very, I mean, there's no way to, to watch that show and not be soaked in queer, right. you know, ideology and queer language. You know what I mean? Like, it's very much that type of show. Yeah. And it's been a safe haven often for me over the course of my career. But also, like, just recently, it's been, like, what I've needed recently. But it's also hard to do it weekly and yeah. to push it in a, we're in a small market here in tropical Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> it is amazing we've had a weekly show for as long as we've had yeah. with as ma- amazing, talented people we've had. Um, last week, we did an all Florence and the Machine show. We did it to um, her new album called Dance Fever. It basically was a show where um, in the order of all the, the album, mm-hmm. the from the from the track one all the way to the track 13, the entire show was done in order. And... We hand selected all the performers, had them. We picked the numbers for them, and then we did the show. And we had amazing headliners from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing people were in the show. It was my um, spouse's idea and their partner's idea to do the show. So Nina Goodfellow and ZZ Tops were like, "Hey, let's do this idea." And then me yeah. and Mama Noshitz, um, the casting director yeah, of the over show, the summer you, you you both were talking about it. Yeah, for those people who don't know that Mama Noshitz is our um, casting director, but also has the coolest name of any burlesque <laughs> dancer I've ever met. Um, I thought of their name in a car while listening to a Metallica song, I think. Oh, really? And I was just like, God damn, this would be a great name. Mama, no shit. And, then, <laughs> and they just ran with And it. that's how it, yeah, we just kept the name ever since. But anyways, yeah, as I'm approaching my retirement, uh, last week was probably my single best hosting I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite shows I've ever been a part of. Oh, and so we're going to actually make that available for sale yep. to watch, you know, the recording if anybody wants to see it post-show. Yes, I think we'll do it soon. Yeah. Um, probably gearing up for that last week or so, we'll have that available yeah. and people can watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even a week after we're done, we'll make that available or something. Yeah. Um, as a little extra bonus for people. <laughs> but I'm really excited about the future for what we can do, but yeah. you know what I really want to do right now? Answer some questions. Let's answer some cues. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mercury. My name is Anne. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Uh, my question is, how do I replace weather stripping on the bottom of the door and possibly the door jam? Um, I've got about two inches in the bottom corner where the door opens that I can just see daylight coming through um and i'm in alaska so it's starting to get cold thank you so much i love you bye oh this is a good one i like this one (laughs) um maggie what are your thoughts right away out of the gate well i know uh, we had been talking about this before and the question was you know where is this issue is it in you know the weather stripping or is it on the bottom of the door which i learned from you is a different part and not yeah. the weather stripping so, so there's two different thought processes right here right so 
What they're asking is, there's this gap at the bottom of the door. Mm -hmm. Typically, what that means is a door seal or a door sweep, right? Uh, Door sweeps tend to be um, things that have a little bit more bristles, right? Like, they'll almost be like a mop, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. They're almost like a broom at the bottom of your door, right? They can go on the outside of your door, uh, like um, on the side of your door, rather. Or you can get the kind that you can thread underneath your door, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope that makes sense to people. And then you get your, your seals... That are like rubber yeah. that are on the bottom of it. And the, that, that seal usually presses pretty hard or creates a pretty good seal between the base of your flooring to the, the bottom of your door, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they mean. I think yeah. that's I think there's a piece missing or it's worn down or it just needs to be replaced. I think that's what they mean when you talk about bottom of the door, even in the corner, right? Right. It could it could mean leather stripping. I do not think that's what we're talking about. So I'm going to focus mostly on the bot, uh, the door seal itself. Mm-hmm. If you want to take the door, if you want to put a new door seal on, it really is about two different things. Some door seals just like hold on there and don't require any screws, any drilling, hmm. anything. They're just like strong braces, right? right? They're just giving your door a hug, right? And you can just be like take that off. And you might get lucky enough where there's enough of a gap between the door and the floor or the front entrance where you can, like, take it off without taking the door off, right? Oh, right. But typically, most of the time, you got to take the door off to get these, you know, these door seals, door sweeps, mm-hmm. you know, any of those things. You need to kind of make sure that you take the door off. And she said she lives in Alaska. Yeah, so I'm going to say that so. it's going to be a little bit harder of a task, right? Yeah. Um, there's other routes around this, right? Like, right now, you can get um, these little sl- sliding mats mm-hmm. that go underneath your door that is like, think of two big pillows that have a little blanket in between them, right? Oh, and yeah. you're mm-hmm. sliding the blanket underneath it, and then, then both the pillows are acting as, like, this right. dampener. That is essentially what a lot of those are. I forgot what those are called. Maggie yeah, can look think, it up real quick. I as think I, they're door sweeps, too. They're, but... they're, basically, they're just easy installs. They're not... And now, you can get ones that are meant for exteriors. So, always type in exterior door sweeps or anything around those where or uh, door um, gap, maybe? Um, we'll find that answer out in one second. This is us figuring this out in real time. Um, yeah, it, it really says just like, you know, uh, draft guard, I think. Oh, there we go. That's called. a word. Yeah, draft guard. <laughs> yeah, Mercury knew that word all along. No, I think that that would be a good route to go. You can yep. get exterior ones um, for now. Because I don't know if taking the door off during cold, cold time in Alaska yeah. is going to bode well. Because For those who don't know, when you take a door off, right, um, A, doing it alone can be hard. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have an extra pair of hands, you might need a tool, kind of like a door lift, to help mm-hmm. you take it off. You know, we've, we've, we've talked about before. Um, or... You're going to, um, you know, do it alone, and it's going to be difficult, and things can get cracked. But also, it's brutal to do that type of work, an exterior door, out in winter. I've done them. It is not easy, and often they don't want to go in well, and getting screws into really cold spots Mm. is not the easiest (laughs) thing in the world. Um, So, you know, I would recommend maybe going the, the draft guard 
route for now until we can figure out the solution later on with the door seal. Or have some friends. Or have some friends (laughs) with really good blow dryers. (laughs) I mean, and then also the weather stripping part, you know, like... I, I think that what they mean is not the weather stripping that you would just install, not that, that foam kind. Mm-hmm. I think they mean, like, the actual, like, this is, you know, like, uh, the weather stripping rubber matting right. that is, like, in the door, right? Yeah. I think that's what they mean. That could also be the case. That is another fix that's a little bit harder to do when winter's coming or you're in the dawn of winter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because... It's all about taking it out and then pushing it back into its curvature or its slot. And that's harder to do when everything is colder and it doesn't want to expand. When it's warmer, it's easier to work with and easier, like, more malleable. Yeah. Yeah. It's harder. Things are harder to work with in winter. Any exterior work in winter. And, you know, I'm in Wisconsin, which is already brutal sometimes. Alaska? You know what? <laughs> hang hang up your hat. Call it a day. You know, that's yeah. something that I necessarily would want to do. But I think I answered that pretty good, Maggie. I agree. So I'm gonna say, ding, Mercury got it. <laughs> Hi, Mercury. Um, my name is Verity, and I have a sink problem. I've had this sink problem since 2020, but we just turned the water. So okay. So we have a leak, like our sink was dripping, but only on the hot water side. We have another bathroom sink, so it's not a big deal. We just turned the water off to this sink on that side, and we still have cold water in that bathroom anyway. But long story short, I we can't – we tried to fix it. Our landlady was like, it's 2020. We don't want to be seeing each other and getting each other sick, so just try to fix it. And we tried, but we can't, the screw came off, but the handle won't come off the sink, if that makes sense. It's, it's one of those that has a separate tap for, well, not a separate tap, but a separate handle for hot and cold, and we can't get the handle off. And the landlady said again, um, you know, I don't care if you break it trying to fix it because, you know, we'll just replace it if you do, but how do we get it off of there, basically? <laughs> Uh, I can't get it. My spouse can't get it. It The screw is gone, but it still will not come off. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my question. Thank you. Every single week we get calls, and it just reminds me how landlords mm-hmm. just always try to pawn stuff off. People always tell me all the time, Maggie, constantly, yeah. why are you focusing on renters? They can't do the work anyways, or they shouldn't be responsible for this. The landlord should do it. And why. then you literally have a landlord <laughs> telling a tenant that they should fix it. Like, they should break it. They should break Yeah, break it and we'll fix it anyways. Like, oh my God. A, if this is true, if this is what they're saying, make sure this is in writing. Yeah. Right? Because you do not want, if you break mm-hmm. this or damage this, and then they could turn around and say, why were you fixing it? I just, yes. Be safe. I would I would say, I would hope that they're good people, that they wouldn't actually be doing that. But boy, I've heard horror stories <laughs> at this point, And I don't, I, I know there's a lot of landlords that listen to me. And I, I want to say, I love you. Thank you for being people who are trying to actively uh, do the work for people. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you. When people tell me they're landlords, my knee-jerk reaction is just to 
cringe because I get so nervous right away because I hear this story all the time. You know what I mean? It's like a little bit of my biases are showing. But <laughs> let's try to help the best we can. First and foremost, there's two different types of sinks for the most part. Now, there's more, but we'll go with a cartridge and we'll go with the hot water and cold water stems, okay? Um, the way that sinks operate, essentially, Maggie, is that if you have a single handle, typically, nine times out of ten, then it's going to be operating out of a cartridge. A cartridge is operating underneath the handle where it's separating the hot water and cold water, and it's built to handle both, right? With one. With one, one yes. Yeah, so when you turn it one way, that, right. uh, you know, the hot water... Cartridge, the cartridge in it can handle both hot water and cold water, right? Mm-hmm. All the components are designed to hand, handle extreme cold and extreme heat, right? That's important because the hot water stem and the cold water stems are designed specifically for hot water and cold water. Mm-hmm. And they're just con- completely different mechanisms, right? So with a hot water stem, you can add in the cold water and get that good mix. With a single handle, you're kind of like rolling it around, right? That's right. kind of, you're trying to get that good hot spot. Um, but all of that being said, what do you do when you have a hot water stem that is not working and is leaking, right? That's the problem mm-hmm. here. Okay, so there's a few things right off the bat. Great idea to try to get under the handle and remove the top in order to get to the stem, right? I'm going to throw this out there, though. I think all this work that's attached to this is just as hard as it is to replace the faucet itself. Right. I recommend just replacing the faucet. A bathroom faucet, especially in most apartment complexes or most apartments, are fairly construction grade, fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. They only have like two or three components to them, and they're pretty easy to install. I would argue in a lot of ways they're easier to install than yeah. dealing with a hot water stem. Now, you're already having a problem where you can't remove the head. So then my my initial response to this is, A, there's something stuck in there. So this might be like a WD-40, you know, lubrication kind of method, Right. Or you think you undid it, but you actually did not undo it, mm-hmm. right? Where there might be another set screw somewhere where it's actually hiding, or maybe this is the one that spins off rather than pulls off, or it's just adhered to it so tightly, it's a part of the fixture. Yeah. So there's one or two different ways we can go. I talked to Maggie about this. It all depends on how this sink is installed. Some sting sinks are installed where they come from underneath and up, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're then they're fastened from on top, right? And then other sinks are put in from the top and then are fastened below. I'm gonna take a hot guess here, haha. <laughs> and I'm gonna say it was fastened down below. Mm-hmm. So that means that you can go down below underneath the sink, turn off the hot water and cold water, disconnect the supply lines. Going to the sink, right? There'll be two separate supply lines. They're just like basically, um, typically, they're met like uh, metal. Mm-hmm. Like little metal coils. Yes, things. exactly. Yeah. They can be done with a pliers undoing them. And then you undo those from the hot water and the cold water stem. Then you can remove a nut. There's usually some type of nut um, holding mechanism, you know, um, Having a basin wrench would be ideal for this. So that's B-A-S-I-N, basin wrench. Those are really great wrenches. They're great, and they save your back. As someone who has a bad (laughs) back at this point, Um, you can lay down, put it up in there, 
great way to use. There's a bunch of tutorials online on how to use the basin wrench. You also have a video talking about this from recently. I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. I that forgot you recorded on um, your sink from Lowe's over Maggie, there. Maggie, I'm a goldfish. <laughs> That's how I stay alive, Maggie. I'm a goldfish. I just forget and move but on. there is also a picture of a basin wrench. I don't think you use it in the video, but you do show what it looks oh, like. Oh, look at that. I'm and... a smart gal. Yeah. <laughs> but all that being said... Um, you can take the the basin wrench off, or even a pliers or a crescent wrench can use it. Get in there. It all depends. Sometimes you can hand loosen them, which is always shocking, but can happen. And all you're doing is just loosening it up, and then taking it up from the bottom, from the top. That that is, mm-hmm. and that's what I think it is. I and then you're 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 moving everything. You're taking everything with you, um, instead of just the hot water. Supply. Yeah, and, and instead of just the hot water supply. Um, I'm hoping that's the case. Now, if it is. One of them that is coming from underneath and then through the top and then the handles and everything mm-hmm. adhere it to the surface and you can't get it off, right? And you need to take the handle off in order to take off the faucet. Then this is why I would say get a ripsidicating saw, some type of cutters, and cut that darn thing straight off. Cut it up. Yep. I would take <laughs> some painter's tape or duct tape mm-hmm. and put it on the surface Right underneath the handle, painter's tape would be the best. Duct tape is going to leave a residue, it's a pain, and has to deal with later. But put something on top of there, and you'll be surprised how many times that actually saves it. Hmm. Like just a little bit of tape will help to keep nicks and things down. And if you want to be really cautious, put a rag on top of it, but having the painter's tape underneath, and then just cutting it, and you're just trying to get underneath the handle Mm -hmm. and then it's some type of saw right you know um there's um different kinds of saws i've used dremels to great success with this Mm -hmm. a lot of people hate that i use dremels on this really whenever i say i use dremels on this situation people get really weirded out but i this is what my method is is i cut it from one side and i cut it from the other side and then i cut it from the top and the bottom Mm. And then I just crack it, and that's all I need to do, right? Nice. Make sure that all the water is off and it's disconnected, of course, before right. you do this. But my method is not to cut it all the way through. That takes so much time and almost always leads to cutting it all the way through and then cutting the other side in an accident, right? Oh, like yeah. nicking something, damaging Going something. Too far. Yeah, so I always just nick it a little bit, and then I just take a mallet and just tap it until I can crack it off. And this usually does the trick. It takes a little longer, but... Boy, I'd rather be more delicate than just have a blunt force object and try to knock it <laughs> off, right? Um, I would also say, if you're really having a hard time and you're going to damage it anyways, you could just try to take a really nice big vice grips or take a, um, you know, a chain of locks to it and just grab it and try to grab it from the handle and then take a flathead um, screwdriver, put it underneath the handle, and then use that leverage to push from underneath with the flathead oh, screwdriver uh-huh. to pop it off. And sometimes you need a steady, consistent pressure underneath to get it off, right? Because if you're just pulling, you're not like... I wish everybody could see yeah. your, your motions here. She's very animated I'm with very, her ups I, and downs. I'm kind of like doing... I'm doing... Uh, am I like a... Um, you're acting like the faucet. I'm like a meerkat. Popped off. I'm like a meerkat <laughs> yeah. that's popping out and looking around. <laughs> I'm a prairie dog. That's what I am. I'm a prairie dog. Prairie dog. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that that would be my my yeah. hot button take on that. That if you even if you can get two flathead screwdrivers and put them on there and add in consistent pressure and kind of use them as a mm-hmm. uh, a seesaw, 
right? Where you're trying to like get him to push him up at the same time. I'm trying, I love every time I do this with you, Maggie, I'm always like, I'm like hand puppeting all of this with you and the audience can't see it, but it's real fun. <laughs> um, and I would also say if you're going to start cutting or doing anything like uh, I would let your landlord know that this is the only solution unless they want to call somebody else in to fix it themselves. Yeah. But, but also, that is. I would say make risky. sure you, all this is in writing, yeah. but they're not going to help you anyways. Let's right. be honest. If they're but already at least hands if you off. you tell them, like, hey, I, the only thing I can do is cut it. Yeah. But they already. Just letting you know. To be clear, they already <laughs> said to them. Yeah, go ahead fuck and it break up. it. They already said fuck it up. And that's. I mean, sometimes we get these calls, Maggie, and my first instinct is just to, like, drive over there, walk up to the property manager, and just take my (laughs) gloves off and slap them and be like, let's duel. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? challenge you to a duel. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. It it makes me so sad because it's like... You don't, do you not understand that you're the one who holds all the deck of cards here? Exactly. You literally, we have no deck of cards unless you are okaying it, but yet you are admitting in an email, hopefully, mm-hmm. that you're not going to do this work. What a wild thing. Yeah. What a wild thing. I mean, cool. I hope that they pay for the new sink. Cool. <laughs> I hope they pay for the new faucet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those things, but that, that, you shouldn't have to pay for that either. Yeah. You absolutely. know? But in some locations, they do charge you for maintenance work, and that drives me nuts too. What a wild claim! Mm. It's your property, but you're, you're already charge... paying. Yes, you're, it's that's your, what rent is for. It's your property, but you're gonna charge me to fix your property. What right. a dumbass theory that is! So, like, I'm sorry, I just get so mad. <laughs> I just get so mad about this. And then landlords yeah. on my TikTok sometimes will have the gall to say to me that renters have more rights than landlords. In no, what no, they don't. world no, they is don't. that true? We're Literally sitting here talking Trust about me. how a landlord's not no, doing their job. <laughs> yeah. That's a wild thing to say, you yeah. know? Um, especially because landlords always call it their property or their yeah. home. Yeah. I saw a TikTok recently. I digress. So we answered this question. <laughs> but this is really important. Yeah. I saw a TikTok recently where a landlord posted a video of how this tenant wrecked their home, right? And when he said wrecked, what he meant was they made it look like um, almost like a medieval times. Like mm. they made, they like painted the door, they painted everything, they added brick, they added like fake brick to a lot of places. They did a lot of scenic design. It looked like it was a, looked really cool. It so looked then. really cool. Yeah. And the landlord was like, "It cost me eight thousand dollars for do this repair, and no, it I took the two thousand dollars <laughs> for the deposit and all this stuff." And, and here's the thing: I'm not here to debate. How much this would actually cost? What I will say is this: A, you didn't do any of that work yourself. Shut up! It would never cost you that much money to do that work yourself. Yeah. It would cost you maybe a thousand dollars. It was a two thousand dollar deposit, honey. So yeah. don't, you know, he was saying it was a full trash out, and that means that they left a bunch of their stuff too. Mm-hmm. No one does that unless a landlord makes it feel like they're like they're just they don't know what to do. And they feel rushed. And they feel like they have to just do that. Anytime I ever saw a trash out, there was stuff happening in someone's life that was very difficult. Or all the landlord had to do was communicate with them and help them a little bit with it, right? Maybe arrange for a U-Haul. Maybe figure something out. Because landlords have that connection. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to sit here and complain 
about someone who loved their home so much. They decorated it in a way to make them feel loved and appreciated and artistic and creative. And you're going to sit here and shit on that person Mm. and then be like, oh, yeah, what a ridiculous thing to do. It's my home. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you live here? When was the last right. time you lived on this property, right? Do you know the ins and outs? Do you know if the faucet doesn't run properly? Do you know about the dryer and washer? Mm-hmm. Do you know about the weird door in the back that doesn't always close sometimes? If you don't know those answers, do me a favor and <laughs> shut up. That is a wild claim to say to tenants, right? Yeah. And I want tenants. We all want tenants. that are going to be kind and loving to the property. And they were. They just did it in a way that doesn't gel with what you wanted. Mm -hmm. And if they did that, maybe there's a way that you could meet them halfway and have them, you know, maybe you could have been like, hey, instead of me charging this amount of money, because we're going to have to charge some Mm -hmm. money and lose a deposit, here's some of the regular paint. Just go for it. Give it the best try. It's going to reduce some of it. You know what I mean? And that's all it would have had to have been. But there's always this, like, us versus them mentality Mm -hmm. that's just so frustrating. Sorry. This is a whole digression but it was i wanted to make a video on it but i feel like it's not going to do well but now the podcast audience gets to hear it so yeah rabble, rabble, rabble. and this is why you focus on renters and this is why a focus is not an exclusion exactly yeah hey i hope this is the right number this is going to be a very weird voicemail i have a set of my name is carrie i have a set of bifold doors in my pantry and one of them at the top, if you open it all the way, it comes out of its track. And if you, like, really carefully put the little thingy at the top back in the track, you can close it. But it's kind of obnoxious. It looks like it's hanging pretty square. And the little plastic thing at the top that keeps it in the track looks like it's lower than the one on the other side. But I can't figure out how to move it or anything. And I have no idea how to fix this. And I'm trying to not have my landlord come out and do it because I don't I don't know pride if you could help that would be awesome I don't know how to do this thank you bye today's a day that just proves why I exist on the internet Maggie (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. landlords telling you to do the job and people being like I don't want to have my landlord over because pride (laughs) (laughs) first of all I totally understand that sentiment um so happy that you called in and I think this is going to be a fairly straightforward one for you because um, the, what I would suggest is to look into um, bifold um, closet doors hardware so you can get like actual kits and things for like a fairly fairly affordable price for anything under ten dollars. You can get the actual mm-hmm. hardware itself. This is the little pegs with the plastic that like the wheels that like that go roll. The, 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 the roll inside the rollers yes way yep yep that fit inside of the the, the aluminum tracks mm-hmm. right. Um, you can also just get the whole new track and every the whole system if you want. Um, you need to cut it down for size, and that's a pain in the ass. But <laughs> uh, I would recommend just getting a kit and replacing it. Now, how do you take those out? How do you re- take the actual rollers out to replace them? And the reason why I think it's that, by the way, is Maggie and I were talking, and I think that it's just like, you know, the mechanism itself is stuck mm-hmm. or it's a little springy. It's just, you know, a little bit bad. Those rollers have a spring in them so that you can push it down and remove it from the track. I learned this because I was working on some material today. Oh, um. for, for what? Would this be for a potential <laughs> book? Oh, it's for a nook. We're doing a nook, a nook with a right. bifold door. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a spring. And what it sounds like is happening is that spring isn't springing. It went down 
at some point and did not come back up. Um, so, yeah. WD-40. Let's try WD-40. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to do good old-fashioned <laughs> farmer fix and try that. Or any type of all-purpose um, lubricant is going to be better. WD-40, the reason why I stay away from WD-40 a lot and I disagree with a certain large TikToker who uses WD-40 for everything. Oh, really? I love Gator. <laughs> I love Gator, right? The whole yeah. next guy, right? Yeah. Love him. He's a good friend. Um, but I am not a fan of WD-40 because it has petroleum in it, right? Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. over time, like it always an initial good work. But if you use that, and especially in colder climates, like, you know, recently he talked about using that for your um, headlights for your car. Mm-hmm. And that does propel it off. It does. But over time, that's going to get on things that shouldn't get on, mm-hmm. right? And that can cause a damage. And there's always this notion of like, well, it ain't broke now. And like, yeah, yeah. but... But what is it doing? That's two different trains of thoughts. Because yeah. if you're working, looking for a fix right now, and you're not thinking about the fix that you just needed, you just created for tomorrow, those are different thoughts. I grew up in preventative maintenance land. Mm-hmm. My entire job for 10 years was preventative maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. Not fixing problems that already started, but preventing ones that that from happening, right? That was my entire job for a good 10 years. So when I see stuff like this, I'm like, yeah, we can use WD-40. That should solve some of the stickiness that's happening with the spring. But um, it can also just gel it up and and, and make it a, a worse problem, and you're going to need to replace it anyways. Right. So I believe just replacing it right now is the best route to go. But if you already have WD-40, you already have some type of lubricant at home, just spray it in there and try to get it into the system, like, you know, push it in there. Maggie's laughing at me because it does not look like a great motion right now. Uh, and you're just trying to like, you're making that good old fashioned, um, you know, merc and jerk motion. Right? <laughs> uh, but all of that being said, if you want to take those off and replace it, then we're talking about just getting a pliers. And again, you're getting like, you know, a putty knife or a flathead screwdriver and you're placing it right underneath the needle nose of the pliers. You're putting, you're basically grabbing onto the the the, the roller, the the head of the thing, mm-hmm. right? Am I saying this right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm looking to Maggie <laughs> to help make sense of the things I'm saying. Because it's fresh in my brain. Yeah, you're gonna grab it with the pliers, the metal part underneath the roller, and then put a flat head underneath there and just push it up, and that should mm-hmm. grab it and push it out and dislodge it from its slot. All it is is a larger encasing, like a plastic encasing, mm-hmm. that's sitting inside that hole. And that's all you're doing. You're just replacing that and then putting the new ones in and you're good to go. It's, a, it's that simple and that straightforward. Um, do they have to remove the door to, to do that? Or can they do it with it still on the track? Hypothetically, you could do the repair they're asking for mm-hmm. uh, like when it's still on the track. I wouldn't do it. Okay. I would save time and hassle just by like angling it up. Pushing it all in and then swinging the bottom out and then grabbing it that way. Yeah. So because yeah. the the spring that is still on the track, it's also a spring, and so pushing it up, pushing the door up, will push the spring down and pull, and then you can pull the bottom out. Yeah. Basically, yeah. take it right off. And I'm assuming because they've asked, they've had it fall off before, mm-hmm. and they, the door is they probably know how to take it off themselves. So yeah. I would say go that route and then um, replace the the two rollers and then see that that does a job for you. Sounds great. Yeah. Easy peasy. Let me squeezy. Easy peasy. Let me squeezy. Let me squeeze. Yeah. 
Oh, whoops, my burlesque just mixed with my handyman stuff. Oh, sorry. If you want to see, I said lemon. Yeah, if you want to, for clarification, if you want to, if you want to squeeze them, you gotta pay that for the online show that's uh, every Friday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> Selfless plug. Um, so the sink in the bathroom in my house sometimes seems to. I'm not sure if it's entirely a clog, but it drains very slowly to the point where um, after washing my hands, like say I brush my teeth and then I wash my hands or whatever, um, like it'll take multiple hours for it to drain, sometimes overnight. Um, I think the actual like opening to the drain might have something stuck on it. Now, I don't know entirely what caused this because this is after my share. I don't think it was anything I did, but I'm someone who washes my hands very often because I have sensory issues, and I have to stop at some point to just let it drain for a while. So this is an issue I've been having, and I wanted to know if there was anything I could do in regards to just getting my sink to work again. This is why when we're talking about repairs, we're also sometimes talking about accessibility mm-hmm. and about self-care, right? Often what we what happens is that we see a problem and holistic people or um, able-bodied people or people who don't, you know, people who just don't think about these little nuances in life mm-hmm. look at the problem and just keep going. But they don't realize that they can be creating some type of problem for someone who um, needs accessibility, right? right? And we're talking to someone who's washing their hands every day. This is the person who needs to bring it to our attention, right? Not mm-hmm. the person who probably initially saw it but thought, eh, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want people to be aware of these kind of things when we're having these discussions because it can lead to accessibility, you know? Like when we park at a parking lot, right, and you have a sidewalk that's in front of you, but then you park all the way up and the nose of your car is over mm-hmm. on top of the sidewalk, the sidewalk. And now you just made the parking lot and that, that sidewalk inaccessible for someone in a wheelchair. Yeah. Those things we don't think about is really important. And I want us to be more mindful of that as a society. And that's just mm-hmm. people who are listening to this podcast and having a good time. But all that being said, let's talk about sink repairs and about clogs because I am so good at this. <laughs> um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is just troubleshooting in general. You got a slow draining sink. Hey, so do I. I've had one for three years and I've just put a rent. I put a, a flathead screwdriver in the tip of it and I just let it deal with it. Uh, <laughs> ZZ makes fun of me all the time being like, if I can show, if I can make a TikTok someday of all the things that you haven't fixed in this home, <laughs> that would be great. There is like a, alongside all the videos of how to fix that. Oh thing. yeah, there's a constant <laughs> dripping shower. There is a clogged sink. There's a carpet repair. There's two doors that need to be replaced. There's quite a bit. There is multiple holes in the wall of attempts of me trying to hang something and then realizing oh, that wasn't a good idea. So I <laughs> might like you did here. Yeah, no, no, Maggie, we don't need to tell them that. Me trying to hang it right behind electrical box. <laughs> and then going, uh, that doesn't feel like a start. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so let's talk about clogs and insects themselves. So what, what what's going on here? Um, the simply put is we're going to look at the most fundamental things first. 
and then build into more difficult things. So they mentioned something about like the the cover to the the drain being mm-hmm. a little clogged. That would be the stopper we're talking about, right? right? Now let's take a look at the stopper. Let's see what's going on there. If the stopper isn't going up and down, that means the mechanism itself needs to be looked at. And the mechanism itself is essentially um, you know, the, the thing that the lever that pulls up and down mm-hmm. is connected to um, a series of connectors that are connected to a rod that's inside your sink, right? Mm-hmm. And when you push up, it go. When you push down, it goes up. And when you pull up, it pushes down. That's basically all it's doing. It's just a little seesaw that's inside your sink. That's all it is, <laughs> a little tiny seesaw. And um, all you got to do is make sure that all those connection points, mm-hmm. those little screws that are holding everything together, all there's little, like, there's like little metal rods that are kind of like mm-hmm. bent that are holding everything together. Just make sure all that's connected and doing its job. If all that's connected and it's doing its job and it's going up and down, then what you want to do is just uh, take the P-trap off. And just the P-trap is your U-shape or um, weird-looking little mm-hmm. tube underneath your sink. Yeah, like S-curve. Yeah. Style. No, it's not an S-curve. Not S-curve but... No, so the P-trap gets its name because if you had the whole assembly and you turn it upside down, it looks like a P. Oh, so that's mm-hmm. how a P-trap got its name. It's not to catch pee. No one's oh. peeing in the sink and catching <laughs> to a pee. No, because I was confused there. But the second. P-trap is designed in this way where it has like this deep angular mm-hmm. motion in it that like it goes down and then it goes up for some reason. The reason why it does that is because it's using something called backflow prevention. Backflow prevention helps to keep your sink from smelling like, you know, poo. Right, okay. because it's all going to the sewage line. Right, right. Oh, so you don't want that coming back. And up that water, sleep. there's always water standing in that little U shape in order to prevent the smell from sewage coming up into your home. Mm. If there is something that's smelling, it's almost always in the P trap, or your P trap is damaged, and or something is going on with the P trap. Sure. Right. So take your P trap off and see if there's any clog happening there. And then take like um, a scribe, take a flathead screwdriver or take something or even like a, a, a butter knife and go up into like go towards where the stopper is. So mm-hmm. now you can access it from underneath the sink and you're going up to the drain that, where the water drains into the P-trap, right? right? And now you're going to try to look and see if there's any hair clogs or anything in the way. And if you can take the, the the actual stopper out, if you can t- like spin it out, so you can see straight through. Yeah, or disconnect it and pull out the stopper. You know, disconnecting is a little bit more of a nightmare. So I don't want to tell someone to do that if you don't have to, mm-hmm. because without me visually showing you how to do that, it's not easy. But if you want to disconnect it, I would highly encourage you to look into YouTube sink stopper assemblies, and then you'll see a how to how to do it. Okay, mm-hmm. but there's sometimes hair clogs or sometimes other clogs that get stuck on that, and that will cause some of the problem too. But if this is a slow draining clog, right, and this is something where it takes a minute or two for it to start clogging, right, it doesn't clog immediately, right? Mm-hmm. And by immediately, I mean within the first minute and a half, mm-hmm. right? If it's taking a minute or so to clog, that means there's a, there's a clog that's farther down the line. 
right? Okay. If it's taking less than 10 seconds and it's already pooling, then it's probably in the P-trap or it's by the stopper or it's preventing you from somewhere else. Maybe some water is getting through, but not a lot. It's taking quite a while, while uh, time for it to drain out, which means there's not a complete blockage, but a partial blockage. Which means there's somewhere down there, it's, a few things can happen, right? If it's a partial blockage, you might not need a snake or a drain auger. All you might need is a handy-dandy mini accordion plunger, mm-hmm. right? And because there's a partial blockage, this might be all you need to have because that means there's enough airflow happening where you can dislodge that blockage by adding in suction, right? So you're going to put the P-trap back on. You're going to tighten everything back up. You're going to put a little bit of water in your sink. Cover up your overflow drain with your hand or a rag. Rag would be ideal. A wet rag would be best because then it's going to get the best suction. And then you can take this plunger, put it right over where the stopper is, and just suction it real good. A lot of hand motions in this episode. (laughs) Maggie, there's a lot of murk and jerk uh, motions happening. But basically, that suction, that like quick suction and then release and pulling it up, is going to pull it up. And if you don't see all the grime coming up, but you see... But it, the water goes down. That means you loosen up the clog enough and then take hot water and just push it down the drain. Just take hot water and let it go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that should solve that problem. If none of that fixes, then do yourself a favor and get a Cobra Skinny Drain Cleaner. It's an eight-foot drain cleaner. Take the tip of the the um, this um, device and bend it at a 45-degree angle. And then thread it down the um, the drain line from where the P-trap connects to the drain line. Mm-hmm. The P-trap tr- connects from the drain line, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, does that make sense? I do yeah. good. Okay. I'm going to link that in the description yeah. for everybody. There is also lots of videos I have on this. Mm-hmm. I've shown this multiple times. Yeah. If you want to type in Mercury Stardust um, sink clog, you'll get some video of me talking about it and maybe leading you to another video, okay? Or you can just look underneath Mercury Stardust um, home repair um, playlist and you'll find something underneath the home repair playlist too. So, yeah, uh, on Instagram or on TikTok. There's a bunch of videos I've done on it. So, yeah, yeah, I think that does a pretty good job of there. But that's... Yeah, that's a... I I would say even before you take a P-trap off, you could just try to plunger it, and that might do it too. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, you 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 could use a regular plunger, right? But I really like the mini accordion plunger. They're like four to five dollars. They're nice and easy, and they're compact. And I think that honestly, they add a little bit more suction. And I like the rubber gaff they have on the side. Mm -hmm. The rubber gaff really suction it nice and tight. And, like, really makes sure it has a good seal yeah. and prevents any error you don't want to get in there. And, you know, you really basically want it to be as good of a suction as possible because you're pushing all that air down into it mm-hmm. and you're dislodging it with the air. You're not trying to suck it up. You're trying to push it down, right? That's essentially what we're trying to do. But if something comes up, that's okay, too. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. That is very thorough. I think I that learned was... more in that last, like, Two minutes. Wow. So are you saying <laughs> that I should make a career out of this? Maggie, are I you... think you should. Oh, my God. What if I call myself... Or even write a book about it. What if I call myself the intersectional trans maintenance lady? <laughs> I'm. That would be... The intersectional trans feminist maintenance. Yeah, you're right. And, Don't and, forget. Yeah, that's right. For those who do not know, my first name on TikTok was the intersectional feminist 
uh, trans maintenance lady. Yeah. It was the stupidest long. It would take me <laughs> twelve seconds. My Just intro. To say it. My intro. This is what my intro used to be. Hey there, hi. My name is Mercury Stardust. I'm the intersectional feminist trans maintenance lady. It would take me like <laughs> ten to fifteen seconds before I even got to what was wrong in your home. And on TikTok, every second counts. Yeah. yeah so fucking hilarious. What if? Now, oh. just just hear me out. Oh yeah. What if you shortened it uh-huh. to trans handy ma'am? Well, that just sounds like I'm giving someone a handy job in the back <laughs> of <laughs> Why would I name myself the trans handy man? That's just like yeah, <laughs> you know. <What>? That's just... <laughs> I think that's the first time I ever heard you say that. <laughs> I used to make About that's why name. that was why I was so against the name is oh, I always no. felt like it was so inappropriate. <laughs> now that's all I'm ever gonna hear. Yeah, whenever whenever, I whenever someone used to say, Why don't you call yourself the trans handy ma'am? I'm like, that sounds inappropriate. And now here now, I am. All of your podcast listeners will forevermore only hear that yeah, version yeah. of trans handy yeah, ma'am. No one hundred percent. And also sorry, y'all. <laughs> It's also just one of those things too, where like now it's my whole branding, is it? It's everywhere, and I see it every day. And the whole time, I'm just like one sex you joke just away. Just like leave me in the dark on that no, one. No, Maggie, you are you're one of us now. You are part of this. One this, of us. yeah, one, one of us. One of us. There's literally only two of us. All right. <laughs> Uh, it's been another wonderful episode here at the Trans Handyman Hotline. Wait, is it the just handyman hotline. the Handyman Hotline? <laughs> I don't even know the name of my own show. Um, but if you would like to call up and leave your own question for us to answer, you can call. 608-205-8768. Make sure that you leave your wonderful voicemails for our next episode next week. Thank you so much for being here. We always appreciate you. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can get an extra special long version of an this. An extra half an hour. An extra half an hour to listen to me talk about my social anxiety I have about <laughs> being a content creator. Oh my God. We have a wonderful time in that extended episode. You can get that on our Patreon Thank you so much for supporting us. And remember, my last burlesque show is on December 16th. Please make sure you support me if you can. We're aiming for 10,000 tickets, and we're well on our way. Uh, tickets are available at mercurystardust.com. Thank you. And remember, as always, you're worth, worth the, time the time it takes to learn, learn a, a new, new skill. skill. <laughs> Bye-bye. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time it